0: You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuk.
1: Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Madjuk. You can follow her on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. Kate, how are you doing today?
0: I am uh, not, not doing too well as I, I don't <laughs> expect that many of our listeners are doing too well. This was a absolutely brutal week for injuries. I don't, I don't even know what to make of this. It, there were a lot yeah. of teams that are no longer competitive.
1: And, and that's really rough. You know, two weeks into the season, we've got so many star players uh, who are out for the season are going to miss a chunk of time. Uh, And we're going to dive all into that in a second. Uh, But this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Um, Kate, let's go ahead and start with Saquon Barkley. I think that's probably the biggest injury of the day. Uh, He tore his ACL. He's going to be out for the season Um, And this is really frustrating to dynasty owners, you know, because this is going to be a season which Barkley was going to be fed by Joe Judge and Jason Garrett. Um, The volume was there. We thought this was going to be a a massive season for him. Um, First of all, how much does this impact the Giants team? And what what do we think about Saquon Barkley going forward?
0: This impacts the Giants team very significantly. I am, uh, I'm going to say that if I was counting on any of these assets from a long-term perspective in a dynasty situation, it, it's just a huge downgrade to the offense. You know, I was very yeah. hopeful for the emergence uh, or second emergence of Daniel Jones this season. was super excited to, to see him, but I think you need Saquon Barkley there to continue to move the chains.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: don't think that Daniel Jones is necessarily ready to... Assume that that role as long as he's got to be the the focal point of that offense.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I just don't think this offense wasn't that great to begin with, and now you take away the most explosive player. Um, all of a sudden, you know, this is going to be one you're going to want to avoid. Um, let's talk about Barkley's dynasty value. You know, this was his third season. We're going into the last year of his rookie deal. Uh, I have no doubt that Barkley is going to be able to come back from this torn ACL. But, uh, you know, again, in the year four, where do we value Barkley? Is he still a top five fantasy asset? Is he a top two or three running back? What what do we do with Saquon Barkley right now?
0: Saquon Barkley's a guy that I think we need to buy into if we are in rebuild mode. Um, you know, I think this is what we would love to talk about in our second segment. You know, when. When do you start to make that decision in terms of breaking down your rosters, selling off pieces that maybe can be productive now? Uh, you know, maybe you are the the Julio Jones manager and uh, you are looking at the Michael Thomas manager. Uh, he needs a an automatic mm-hmm. step in. Maybe they'll pay up a little bit more for your assets, uh, and you you can start to rebuild your roster from the bottom up. I think he's one of those guys that you know he is. Uh, he's young enough. He's going to continue to be the the center piece of his offense. Um, I don't I don't project that there is going to be anybody that is going to step into his role. Um, you know, we always worry that uh, if there is an injury, yeah, somebody's going to come replaced. in and just usurp no. the role. I don't see Dion Lewis doing that.
1: No, no, and um, we can talk about how you know what to do if you are a rebuilding team, whether you should be going for you know targeting Barkley. Um, but is there anybody that we want to target now in this running back backfield for the uh, for the Giants? I mean, they know they have Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman's on the roster. We saw Devontae Freeman is going to potentially get a workout with uh, New York later this week. Is, is this one you're trying to grab a piece of to help you get through the season, or are you just avoiding it at all costs?
0: So I, I think we have to look at that from two different perspectives, right? So on the one hand, uh, I don't know that anybody outside of Barkley will be viable season long. Um, you know, maybe a, a volume-based play, but, I, you know, it's not like uh, they have a, a super friendly schedule ahead of them, even no. in the coming weeks. San Francisco, who's obviously lost defensive pieces on the ball this week as well. The Rams, then Dallas, uh, also lost defensive pieces. Mm. There's, there's a lot of interesting matchups, but not matchups that I can see conducive to a game plan centered around running the ball.
1: Um, Yeah, I was going to say, if you're really hurting at running back and Deion Lewis is under waiver wire, sure, maybe as a a flex play, as a desperation RB2, but it's nothing that you're trading any assets to go get, right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Again, you you go back to just the notion, you know, is this going to be uh, a, a player with the potential to take over the offense? None of these guys are. This is going to be Saquon Barkley's backfield. Um, you know, they, they utilize the draft capital to to acquire him. They're going to uh, continue to, to feed him the ball. And, you know, it is unfortunate uh, that that he has this sort of injury as he's getting just that sort of perfect opportunity. Like, I'll say I was very impressed. Uh, I, I am a Steelers fan. I was actually mm-hmm. pretty impressed to see uh, Daniel Jones and his performance. He looked pretty stoic. I thought he looked competent at the very passer.
1: least. Yeah, competent at the very least.
0: Yeah, he, he looked um, he had a veteran presence that I don't think we saw too much last season. So it, it's definitely unfortunate for the the team as a whole. But. I think that, you know, Saquon Barkley managers, we need to consider where, if you have Saquon Barkley, do you have the depth to to still contend? And you need to decide now, like yesterday. Uh, there's no time to waste.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking at a couple of recent dynasty trades for Saquon Barkley. Um, someone traded two 21 first round picks for him. Is that interesting to you or would you hold on to Barkley then?
0: That's absolutely interesting to me, um, You know, particular, particularly considering at what point in the season Saquon Barkley did tear his ACL. It was only week two. Presumably, that gives him a full year to rehab, yeah. um, which back in the day might not have been a very long time, but uh, certainly is in, in now uh, today's terms with the, the way that they are able to rehab these injuries. I think that Saquon Barkley is is going to be a, a piece that you can build your, your assets around. Two first-round picks, I think, is getting him at uh, a steal, considering the volume we know he's capable of, the, the receiving uh, upside that he has. But I think, you know, that's sort of that... He's so hard to buy right now. I know. It's
1: because you're you're basically you're giving away picks for a guy that you know is not going to help you until 2020.
0: And that that's sort of 2021. Excuse me. 2021. Yeah, you're you're definitely waving the white flag. But honestly, this is sort of the time to do that this early on. So, you know, if you are. uh with a roster that, you know, maybe had all of these pieces like hmm. the Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, A.J. Brown. Um, there are a lot of pieces here that that are sort of on every tier of the spectrum. Um, you know, it's not like all of these guys were necessarily top tier picks in a dynasty league. You can reasonably own many of these assets and it gets a, it gets kind of difficult to presume that you're going to have the depth to overcome. Uh, these injuries if you're loaded with studs like this.
1: Here's the reason why I would be looking to trade for Barclay right now is once we get to 2021 and we're talking about, you know, our week one rankings and redraft, Barkley's still going to be like a top five pick in redraft leagues next year. Right. I mean, he's going to be on an offense where he's the unquestioned starter. We know he's super talented. Um, if you're willing to be a little bit patient, I think you can get a RB1, a clear cut RB1 uh, at a big discount price. So, Uh, We'll talk more about him in just a second, but let me tell you guys about Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by our names, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. So, Kate, we had some other big injuries, and let's start with this one. Uh, Cortland Sutton, it was announced on Monday morning. Uh, that he has a significant knee injury that will cost him the season. Um, it, it's a big one for a guy that, you know, so many people in the Dynasty community love. Um, we were talking pre-show and I said, you know, this, the bad thing about Sutton is, you know, he entered this year as the unquestioned wide receiver one for the Broncos. By this time next year, he might be the wide receiver too. With Jerry Judy getting more snaps, with him being a you know a top fifteen pick, uh, they have KJ Hamler who hasn't made an impact. Um, what do we think about Cortland Sutton going forward?
0: I think this goes back to you know the point that I, I made with Saquon that uh, you have to look at at Cortland Sutton's uh, place in the offense and if there's a potential person to assert. His role, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Jerry Judy is a dominant, capable wide receiver. One in an offense, uh, a year without him, you know, considering the number of other uh, pass catching weapons that that Drew Locke has in Noah Fant uh, and the running backs, I, I definitely worry that he he loses his uh, his his brooch on the totem pole here.
1: Mm. Yeah, and that's what makes me nervous. I just think. You know, somebody who's now coming off a major knee injury behind maybe a questionable quarterback, a questionable offensive line. Yeah, he, he probably drops quite a bit in your dynasty ranks going forward. And um, even to another, say in you, the you go. the
0: end of the 2018 season, um, you know, when we did see Drew Locke come in under center, uh, saw 48 targets in a six-game span, but was only on pace for 819 yards. So yeah. we don't even really know what to expect from Cortland Sutton and drew lock to begin with. You know, game one, uh, six targets, three receptions for 66 yards. Not bad, but it's, you know, it was against the Pittsburgh defense, but it's not wide receiver one production.
1: Yeah, and it's not like this is somebody who's had, you know, monster seasons. We know that he's locked in as a wide receiver, too. Um, You know, only six touchdowns in his best season, only 1,100 yards. I mean, 1,100 yards is great, but it's not like... We have this big resume to show that Cortland Sutton is a baller when he's on the field. I think he's really good. Um, but now that you're a year off, you're going into, you know, he will be his fourth year in 2021. Um, Got to be a little bit of concerns there. Um, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey, who has an ankle sprain. It sounds like he's going to miss multiple weeks. I don't think this impacts his long-term dynasty value at all. He's still the most valuable dynasty asset we have. Um, but I do have a question for you, Kate. If you are a team that is looking to contend right now, do you consider moving uh, McCaffrey to help get you through the next four or five weeks, or do you hold on to him, hope that you can survive and then make a playoff run with Christian McCaffrey?
0: I think it definitely depends on on the depth that you feel like you can uh, rally around him. It, you know it certainly depends on whether or not uh, you know your league is more wide receiver heavy. Some of those rosters, you might be able to, uh, you know, put more of a contention moving forward. But I do think if you want to look to move Christian McCaffrey, now is probably the time to do it. Um, we've seen what these ankle sprains can do uh, from a long term standpoint. You know, we we saw Alvin Kamara uh, return from a lower body injury last season. It was not nearly as effective Uh, Joe Mixon had an ankle injury last season, not nearly as effective. Um, So even if these guys return to the field, it's not necessarily, um, you know, a a move where they're 100 percent right off the bat. So if you want to move him and you still have to get him for a considerable, considerable Mm -hmm. haul, um, I think now is the time to do it rather than when he returns to the field and might not necessarily be 100 percent. Um, But, you know, he's definitely a a guy that, you know, he doesn't need necessarily all of these uh, crazy touches. Like he doesn't need 30 carries a game to be super efficient. So I'm not really inclined to sell him. But like I said, if if you're going to do it, I feel like the time has to be now. Right.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give you a couple scenarios. Let's let's pretend that you have Christian McCaffrey and you have a competitive roster um, and you're looking to make a championship push this year. Would you trade Christian McCaffrey for Ezekiel Elliott?
0: I would do that. Okay. Uh, recently paid is tied to a, uh, even, even if the Cowboys cannot uh, actually tie up a game defensively, they are a hmm. high-powered offense. And, you know, we, we have Dak Prescott, who is uh, a productive quarterback. He's got all of the receiving talent. He's got receiving upside. I, I'm absolutely uh, down for, for that.
1: How about Aaron Jones?
0: Aaron Jones is tougher for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it definitely last uh, last night's performance. What do you have about two hundred and sixty scrimmage yards? Yeah, and three touchdowns. touchdowns. Yep. G- good God, uh, go, <laughs> go Aaron Jones! Um, I you know I still worry about it, the potential. For a a workload to be shared in that offense, I know we saw Aaron Jones get fed yesterday, but we've also heard uh, continually Matt LaFleur come out to say that he wants to get all of these running backs involved. Uh, Week one, we saw a pretty consistent rotation in and out. Uh, Luckily, you know, Aaron Jones was still that goal line guy, but I do worry long term, and that's what we have to consider long term. Is he the guy for that offense? I don't know because he hasn't gotten paid and they just drafted A.J. Dillon to come up behind him. I worry a bit about him from a long term perspective, but he's a great asset if you're looking to uh, to win now, potentially.
1: All right. Two more. Um, These are both younger running backs. What about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire?
0: I absolutely love it um <laughs> i i would i would do it and this is the week to do it right after a, a slower yeah slower start like if you wanted to acquire him after week one best of luck uh i think i saw um ryan mcdowell say that he did not see any trades come through that people successfully acquired clad edwards Alaire. Um I, this is definitely the time to do it when he's coming off of a slower slower game but he is a uh, you know like I said with Zeke he's a young running back tied to an offense with incredible offensive upside he's got receiving upside he sort of checks all of those boxes and they utilize first round draft capital on him they uh, they showed him to be the the true uh, RB1 already he's already you know dominated the carries in that backfield I think he checks all the boxes, but you definitely can't just trade for Clyde edwards Hillary. You're gonna need, uh, what what would you say, a, a first and a a second on top of that.
1: Yeah, probably. But this, I mean, I w- if you're in a competitive. I and mean, again, we're doing this as if you need to compete right now. You're probably looking for another guy that can help you rather than a pick, because a pick doesn't do you much this year. Yep. Otherwise, you're just you're just holding on to CMC. So you're probably looking for a what a wide receiver two at the very least.
0: I think that seems reasonable. Um, And definitely you need to, you know, I I think if you're making this decision, uh, look at these offenses and think, you know, which, which of these might have the best opportunity for scoring situations, because as Mm -hmm. we've already seen, uh, it's injuries galore. And I I don't know that we can necessarily always count on just the big names, but I think we need to consider uh, just scoring opportunities because, uh, You know we've seen that these guys can go down pretty quickly and then it has to be next man up um so i I think it's sort of you know a wise move to look for the opportunity there rather than maybe just the namesake
1: last one uh jonathan taylor who had 101 yards on the ground against minnesota uh, had 9 receiving yards. They play the Jets in week 3. Um, I don't know if you got to see any of that 49ers game, but the, the 49ers ran right through the Jets. Uh would you con- consider moving Christian McCaffrey for Jonathan Taylor?
0: I would. And I would need I would need still another um, another piece similar to Clyde edwards alaire Uh you know, especially given the fact that we haven't necessarily seen uh super super dramatic production out of him just yet. I think it's coming, um, you know, and, and he is definitely locked in, loaded as the the starter for, for now. Um, I would need a little bit more than I need for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though, just because I don't trust that offense quite as much, though they have, you know, a great offensive line. They have a, a quarterback who's willing to, to throw the ball. They've got some talented wide receivers, but – uh, even even Paris Campbell left with a knee injury. Sounds like they avoided anything serious with him, but um, there's still enough question marks in that offense that I'm, I'm going to lean more towards Edward Solaire, but um, I, I think Jonathan Taylor also checks all of those boxes.
1: Yeah, it's, that's an interesting one for me because you're getting a younger running back on a, a probably a better long-term offense. Um, you know, you're getting somebody who was 102 in rookie drafts this year. Um, that one's intriguing to me. Um, really quickly, before we move on, we'll go through a couple more injuries. Um, you know, we saw Michael Thomas is still going to be out for a few weeks. Sterling Shepard has a toe injury. Uh, Paris Campbell, who you mentioned, has a, I believe, a sprained MCL. He's out two to four weeks. Raheem Mostart is going to be out two to four weeks. Um, Julio Jones left the Cowboy Falcon game with a hamstring injury. He was able to battle through it, but he's clearly not a hundred percent. Um, any other? Oh, so Drew Lock. Drew Lock has a shoulder injury that could cost him up to six weeks. Devontae um,
0: Adams left oh with my a, a hamstring.
1: Yeah. So just a just a brutal, brutal week. And again, this is where depth pays out. If you can have, um, you know, viable depth on your bench, uh, maybe you're able to survive this week. But uh, just absolutely brutal. Um, let's take a break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, amazing flavors with a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. And they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off any order at BiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box, only while supplies last. Again, that's BiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, Kate, I don't want to take the whole show to talk about injuries. There were some good things that actually happened on the football field. so. Uh, I've got a Look at you, Mr. G-
0: Positivity. We, yeah, yeah. we need some oh, of that.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a, a rough day for so many, but I wanna talk about some of the good things that happened. Um, and let's just do this stock up, stock down, stash or cash. We're kinda combining two of our segments together. Um Justin Herbert, the the quarterback for the Chargers who uh none of us expected to start this early. Tyrod Taylor got hurt pregame. Uh Justin Herbert, I thought looked really, really good against the Kansas City defense. Uh what did you see from Herbert?
0: Oh my god, Herbert absolutely flashed. And I like I will say so um the the situation with Tyrod Taylor is sort of interesting. I heard that he had some some shortness of breath, uh, had to be taken to the hospital for evaluation prior to the game. So this was a, a situation where Justin Herbert really had no notice. Uh, it's not like, you know, you, you saw Tyrod Taylor injured throughout the week and he was questionable. Um, no, this was a, a surprise start. And I think mentally he seemed very prepared Uh, for the game ahead of him. It's not easy to face off against Patrick Mahomes and company. And I do think that, uh, you know, we've seen a Kansas city defense that has improved over the last season. Um, You know, their, their corners are looking good. It's not quite as easy to move the ball up and down the field and, and keep up with that high powered offense. Justin Herbert between his, uh, his rushing ability. uh, He looked good as a passer. And you know what the, the run game seemed to really, um, just tie itself together. Honestly, uh, seeing the rotation of, of um, you know, seeing the rotation uh, with Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, seeing those two sort of rotate in and out of that backfield uh, and, and the ability that they had to move the chains. It literally reminded me of the Thursday night performance with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. They just it flowed yeah, yeah. so well.
1: I, I think my biggest takeaway from the game was. I, listen, I like Tyrod. I think he's got a, a, a good um, impact on a team, and I think you can win with him. But this offense just flows so much better with Herbert, right? He can get the ball to the, to the guys like Eckler and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and he can drive the ball down the field. I just think this whole Chargers offense is going to be lifted up by Herbert, and I'm hoping that they eventually, you know, sooner rather than later, stick with Herbert as a starter. Um, a couple other ones. Uh, Darrell Henderson. Now, he got into the game because Cam Akers was a little banged up. Um, but this is really the first time we've seen Darrell Henderson do anything in the NFL. 121 yards and a touchdown against Philadelphia. Um, what did you see from Henderson? Oh,
0: so explosive. Um, you know, average 6.75 yards per carry. Uh, was used as a receiver. Took two receptions for 40 yards. Uh, So his first career touchdown, I'm super excited about uh, Darrell Henderson. And the thing that I think often gets lost uh, in the translation of, you know, trying to distinguish this backfield is the fact that they actually, uh, the Rams organization actually spent a decent amount of draft capital. They spent two third round picks traded up to draft him. And then I think that all sort of got forgotten because, you know, we saw them take him acres in the second, but two third round picks is nothing to to sneeze at in terms of you know what they gave up to draft him um I I think we could be starting to see the uh you know he started off this season limited with a hamstring injury that he sustained uh, I believe during the the preseason scrimmage game um I I think maybe this is going to be the the blossoming of the one-two punch um I haven't been crazy about, about acres. He did get off to an all right start yesterday, but um, looking at at the backs in the system, I think we've, we've seen that there are three capable backs, but I, I definitely think Henderson earned his chunk of the pie yesterday.
1: Yeah. I think there's a tendency when there's a running back by committee to, for people just to avoid the whole situation, right? Because they, they hate going back and forth, but just like in San Francisco with the 49ers, whoever is the lead back is going to be super productive just because they're attached to a great offense. And I think that's the case for the Rams. I mean, what I've seen from the Rams uh, over the last two weeks is this is going to be one of the highest scoring teams in the league. It looks like Sean McVay is back after a somewhat rough 2019 season. So if you have Darrell Henderson or he's sitting out there, I would be aggressively targeting these guys right now because, again, if Henderson becomes the lead back with the Rams, is it is it impossible for him to become a top 12, top 15 running back this year, Kate? I mean, I know that all the injuries are ridiculous, but considering... Considering his talent level and the offense he's playing in, it it doesn't seem crazy to me. No,
0: absolutely not. And, you know, the one nice thing that we've seen over this uh, these past couple of games is uh, a more functional offense than I think we saw in 2019 had that wicked Super Bowl hangover, have put up uh, 57 points over the last two games, which. Uh, That that is nice to see them rebound from, Um, you know, they they look to Jared Goff looks like he's in a good place. Uh, They've been able to utilize Tyler Higby in the tight end sets. Cooper Mm -hmm. Cup has looked great. Um, Everybody's looked really functional. And I think that uh, especially if you're looking about opportunities for running back, you know, you're, you're thinking what offenses are going to put my my running back assets in, you know, goal line situations for potential to score. Um, You know, what uh, what offenses might create the right game script that are, you know, more geared towards the run An offense that's able to score points is absolutely going to be running the ball out. Um, You know, you you might even call them garbage time carries, but don't care. They're they're the same for
1: us. (laughs) Um, Let's do two uh, stash or cash guys really quickly to end the show. Uh, Nikhil Harry, eight for 72 on Sunday Night Football. Looked pretty good. I, I mean, that was definitely the best we've seen to kill Harry. Now, he is somebody who, you know, was a first-round pick in rookie drafts uh, a year ago. Now that he's had a decent performance on a primetime stage, are you trying to cash him in, or are you just letting it ride?
0: I do think that he's one of these assets that maybe you can acquire uh, at a, a less significant price uh, than you might be grabbing, you know, some of these other younger wide receivers. Um but I I worry that you're still going to have to pay a little bit too much with the question marks. You know, we definitely saw Mm -hmm. that Julian Edelman was the focus of that offense yesterday. Absolutely dominated. I think he hit a a career high, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, But the one thing that I'm not super psyched about is to see uh, his average depth of target. Um, He was not targeted very far down the field whatsoever. Uh, I think uh, over two games his average depth of target has been 3.6 yards which is not not outstanding uh no, actually sorry no. that was one game um, over the first game uh, average depth the target was 3.6 yards uh, they have not uh, added his his second game stat line in there but he he was definitely used shorter um you know we, anytime we saw a nice long bomb down the field it was typically to Julian Edelman um, I, I don't Necessarily put a ton of stock in average depth of target, but I do think it's worth noting just for when uh, gauging offensive opportunity.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's somebody that you you probably don't look to acquire right now, but if you have him on your team and somebody's willing to give you you know something relatively good, I, I would consider cashing him in. Um, the last one is Janu Smith, who. Uh, through two games, has three touchdowns. Yesterday, he had four catches for 84 yards. When will they uh, start covering you know, him? I... Yeah, they, they might not. And listen, that, that's the thing, too, with this Titans offense. Because they run the ball so well, because Tannehill is a threat to run as well, and they've got other weapons, who's one of these guys that just might be the beneficiary of all the other attention. But here, here's my question. Three touchdowns, uh, an unsu- unsustainable yards per reception, uh, I saw a trade this morning where somebody traded him for Zach Ertz. Wow! Um, what are we doing with John o. Smith?
0: We are not trading him for Zach Ertz. Holy Moses! Um, uh, well, no, we are. We are trading him. Uh, if I am the Zach Ertz yeah. manager, I'm not doing that trade. Wow. Uh, well,
1: that's the thing is, and I think people are so excited because this is a you know a 25 year old tight end who looks like he could be you know the next let's say. George Kittle in the NFL, super explosive after the catch, a big performance on Monday Night Football. I think there's a lot of people excited right now. And do you try to cash that in right now because of how strong he started off the year? I
0: am. uh, I'm actually cash. And Johnny Smith's a guy that I really like. But uh, when his his value is this high uh, and, and he's posted three touchdowns, he's definitely won you weeks if you were the Johnny Smith manager. I'm cashing in because I do think that there is a portion of this that uh, maybe due to the absence um, or lack of involvement of A.J. Brown, um, you know, he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. It sounds like with a a bruised bone in his knee, Um, pretty, Hmm. pretty painful to play through. But, uh, you know, he he wasn't uh, a super uh, he didn't command a ton of attention on Monday night football. um, You know, and I, I do think that that. Definitely helps Johnny Smith, um, you know, sort of open things up if you've got a blanket uh, A.G. Brown with coverage. And then, you know, he again was was absent in week two for the same injury um, or for the, the knee injury. You have to wonder about what it will look like when you have both of these guys at full capacity.
1: Yeah, he's one that's just really interesting because you know there's a lot of talent there. He's the unquestioned starter at tight end. Um, He can make plays after the catch. If the volume can go up at all in the next few weeks, uh, you're looking at potentially a league winner at tight end. But do you trust that this volume is actually going to be there? Do you trust that he's going to continue to be this red zone weapon? Uh, All big, significant questions surrounding Jonu Smith. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember to follow the show at LockedOnDynasty on Twitter. You can follow Kate at FFBallBlast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will be back on Thursday. Matt and Ryan have shows in the next couple days. Uh, we'll be back to preview the week three game. Bye, guys.